So the number one myth is thinking that boundaries should be a reaction. They're only a reaction. If someone says something repeatedly or does something repeatedly, then I'll have a boundary. Or if that relationship is beyond being able to fix, then I guess I have to put up a boundary. Or if I'm ready to lose that relationship, then it's time to put up a boundary. And if they won't respect it, then I'll cut them out of my life. Hey, hey, this is Dr. Kavita's son. Welcome to the Emotional Mastery Podcast. This podcast is about emotions, psychology, and relationships. Every week, I'll be sharing real-life tools to help you build self-awareness, a better relationship with yourself, and more fulfilling relationships with the people that matter to you. Listen, this is the foundation on which the rest of your life is built. So let's take the time to get it right. I'll see you on the inside. Boundaries is something that I have struggled with myself for a very long time and really had to learn by trial and error, bumbling and uh, really uh, messing up some of my earlier relationships in order to realize that I had a void in this area and, and learning that needed to happen in this area. I only knew because of what was happening in my adult relationships. And so it's been a it's been an interesting journey for me and I've come to put together some ways of understanding boundaries that have really helped me I mean I really wouldn't have the life I have now without having figured out how to do boundaries in a way that felt in line with my uh, values so I was sharing yesterday growing up I had my mom and extended family and my culture teaching me loosey-goosey boundaries. Uh, boundaries is a bad word. You know, you just put family first. Kind would always put um, other people first and that sort of thing. But at the same time, I also saw very rigid boundaries when I didn't sort of toe the party line, so to speak, right? When I... Um, Many, many things, uh, one of which I didn't become an ophthalmologist. My dad really wanted me, me to be an ophthalmologist. So things when I went away, not in a terribly rebellious way either. I was just wanting to be a psychiatrist. <laughs> and it just was, uh, you know, later I realized that parents who have very rigid boundaries are scared to lose control. They're scared of losing control because they feel out of control so easily inside that they have to rigidly maintain control with the thing that they care about more than anything else, with this, which is their children. So they uh, try to keep them in a gilded cage almost, right? And so I grew up with a mishmash of both kind of boundaries, which left me very confused and disorganized. And one of the things we talked about yesterday is what happens when you have loosey-goosey boundaries you end up feeling like you are always giving, you're overextending, you're resentful, you feel taken advantage of, you see yourself as a people pleaser, you talk about you know, never being able to say no, that you bend over backwards. And that disrupts relationships because you actually walk around like a ticking time bomb and finally you burst over what looks like a very small thing to the outside world because it's the last straw on the camel's back, right? And then on the other hand, if you go to the rigid route, which I did for a while, 
you end up with living in a fortress of your own creation, very alone, because smallest infractions, I would cut off people. I wouldn't even, this is shameful, I wouldn't even cut off people, I would just ghost them. I would just literally disappear, okay, early on, because I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. And even though, and many of you can probably relate to this, we in many ways tell ourselves, I won't repeat that. Whatever we went through early on, we say we won't repeat that. And yet, when we're stressed and when we're triggered, we don't know what else to do. That's the only thing we know to do. So whether we like it or not, we end up repeating parts of it, right? So yesterday we talked about what did we see growing up? What became our language? for boundaries. So today, what I wanted to touch on is once you recognize, okay, I need a better way to do boundaries. I need to, first of all, I need to learn how to do boundaries. That's, that's part of being an emotional adult. I can have boundaries that actually improve relationships. When boundaries are done right, they actually enrich relationships. And you get to a point where you're ready to learn that. But then we rush and try to put some things into place, but it's too much, too quick, too soon. And we don't know how to maintain those boundaries, right? So today I'm gonna to talk you through a middle step. So this is you saying, oh, I learned this way to do boundaries. That's why it's not working for me. I need a better way. Just like, you know, we didn't come out of our mother's womb learning to be whatever profession you are now. You had to learn to become that. You're prepared and ready and you want to learn. But then we miss off in the second step and we immediately go and blurt out a boundary to somebody and they get mad or defensive and then we just lose it. <laughs> That's the end of that. And we're like, I tried, geez, nothing works with this person, right? I used to do that a lot, ping pong between, all right, I got this to, oh, I give up. This is impossible with this person. There's a middle step. And the middle step is anticipating the obstacles that you will face when you put up the boundary, anticipating what they may be, and planning for them ahead of time. When I learned to do that, then I knew how to actually put boundaries into place and how to honor and uphold them. Okay, so I wanna walk you through the four uh, mistakes that I have made a million times, each one of them. <laughs> and I've seen many of our clients make over and over. So I wanna share those with you today and share with you what to do instead so that when I teach you tomorrow the actual way to put up a boundary and help you choose a boundary and help you choose how to, what you're going to um, set up as your boundary in that relationship, that it doesn't become just another sort of exercise in futility, okay? All right, with that, four boundary myths that get in the way of us actually being able to 
um, uphold our boundaries. Hey, not to worry. I do a lot of learning while I'm folding laundry. Um, okay, no worries, Patricia, no worries. So number one uh, boundary myth that gets in the way when you're trying to install boundaries into your life is that we think that boundaries are a last resort. That it's something that we do when nothing else works. It's sort of like when we've given up on the relationship and then we're like, all right, you know what? I just, I can't anymore with this person in this relationship, so I'm gonna have a boundary. Who's thought that before? I literally thought that's the only reason you would have boundary with somebody. Like why else would you have a boundary with somebody? I really believe that. I thought if you were close to someone, there was no need for boundaries, right? So the number one myth is thinking that boundaries should be a reaction. They're only a reaction. If someone says something repeatedly or does something repeatedly, then I'll have a boundary. Or if that relationship is beyond being able to fix, then I guess I have to put up a boundary. Or if I'm ready to lose that relationship, then it's time to put up a boundary. And if they won't respect it, then I'll cut them out of my life. This is a big problem. If you only have boundaries when you are so resentful and so ready to be done with that relationship, it is already too late. You have waited too long. Okay. Boundaries need to happen ahead of time. Boundaries need to happen as a prerequisite. Now, that doesn't mean if you've never done that in your relationships, it doesn't mean you can't do it now. What I'm saying is that you got to pick. Remember yesterday we defined boundaries as the line at which you can treat yourself and the other person with dignity and respect. That means in that situation with that person, you have to move that line way ahead of what your way you currently think the line is. Give you an example. Let's say one of your boundaries uh, is that you want your mom or your mother-in-law to not drop in unannounced. Just making this up, okay? If your boundary is, if she drops in unannounced, then I will X, Y, and Z, it's too late. The line is too late. Because why? By the time she drops in unannounced, you can you treat her with dignity and respect? No, you're so pissed off. It's too late, right? You've allowed yourself to be compromised so much that you won't be able to treat the other person with dignity and respect. You will have so much um, contempt and anger So the conversation needs to be had ahead of time and it needs, the boundary needs to be way before she actually shows up at the door unannounced. 
Okay. So this is important for us to know. I see so many people trying to, we teach them how to do boundaries. They try to set the boundary, but they set it way too late in that situation. The line they choose is way too late and they're so pissed off that they actually are not setting a healthy, loving, calm boundary. Number one, myth. Boundary, when done well, is not a reaction. It's not a last minute thing. It's not a final ditch effort. It's a prerequisite. And the line needs to be the very early indication of that thing to begin. Okay. Number two. This is also a big one. I used to think this for a long time. We often think that boundaries are only for other people. We worry about other people crossing our boundaries, which people do. So we ruminate on that and we're trying to put up boundaries for when other people come into our space or they're intrusive or they say things hurtful or they, you know, do things that rattle us in some way. What we don't recognize is that if you have loosey-goosey boundaries, you probably also are loosey-goosey in other people's boundaries. You will also be a boundary violator. Okay. I really... I had a hard time for many, many years with this concept. Not because I couldn't accept it, but because it didn't even, it wasn't even in, in my sphere of possibility. <laughs> I only was very aware of when other people were hurting my feelings. I just did not even consider, right? I often say when I make a mistake, it's, you know, I think of my good intentions. When somebody else makes a mistake, I think they're just shitty people, right? <laughs> my mistakes are intention, other people's are character defects. And for a long time, the same thing with boundaries, I could see where I was feeling disturbed or not treated well, but I really truly had a blind spot to where I was doing things or saying things in a way that um, sort of took ownership and responsibility and interfered in other people's way of living. Not just in what they do, but also in what I think that they should think. <laughs> I think that they should have these opinions. I think they should have these values, these habits, these ways of being. I'm just, I'm sure that that's the right way, damn it. And you will, if, if you care about me at all. It's really important when you're talking about boundaries to be also aware of, am I holding and honoring other people's boundaries? Okay. I also used to think, well, I'll try to be respectful, 
right? But if the other person gets mad, then I don't have to be respectful because they were the ones who first crossed the boundary. Now my rule is my head, my thoughts, that's my head, my shoulders, which is my heart, my feelings, right? My knees, which is my reactions, like knee jerk, and my toes, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. You know that nursery rhyme? My head, shoulders, knees, and toes, which is my thoughts, my feelings, my reactions, and my actions or decisions are my responsibility, no matter what somebody else said or did. Doesn't mean that I'm always perfect, not at all. But it does mean that I acknowledge and apologize without making up excuses that, well, you said X and Y first. I've shared this before with my clients. I once was um, in a private session with a couple many years ago, and they literally spent 45 minutes arguing about who started the previous argument first. Because you'll never win that race, right? I say, well, I only yelled at you because you were rude to me when my mom was visiting yesterday. And then the other person would say, I was only rude to your mom because you were rude to my dad on the phone. I was only rude to your dad because it just went on and on and on. Everyone always has a legitimate reason. And legitimate reasons do not give you license to violate boundaries, even if X, Y, and Z did whatever shit they did in that moment. So if we do, by mistake, violate a boundary, a simple, I should not have yelled, I'm sorry, will suffice. You don't have to go into big explanation, but acknowledge it, right? So number one, myth, it's a last, it's a reaction to extremely bad behavior by somebody or it's a last resort, that's a myth. You need to set it up early in order to save the relationship. Number two, boundaries are for other people. And if they act like jerks, then it gives me license. No, your head, shoulders, knees, and toes are your responsibility. Number three, number three, if they really loved me, they would honor my boundaries right away. I just have to tell them I will tell them what my boundaries are. And if they really cared about me, of course they would, I mean, they would just do it. It doesn't matter though, Marina, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether we think it's unhealthy or not. The thing is, it is their boundary, right? You could have a conversation if they're open to it, and say, hey, I can absolutely honor that boundary since it's your boundary. Separately, I'd just like to have a conversation about it. Not to try to convince you to change that boundary. I'm just curious to try to understand because it, it's very different to how I would think. So I'm just curious. They may or may not be open to that. But if you're going in thinking somehow I need to tell them some magic words so that they don't have that boundary anymore, they will sense it and double down. Exactly. 
They fall back lies that keeps us trapped. Yes. So boundaries are not needs. And we talked about this briefly yesterday and we go into this very, very deeply in um, Heal Your Relationships course. It's one of the big things that we um, teach is that the difference between boundaries and needs, okay? Boundaries, in short, I'll just give you a one-liner. Boundaries are something that you don't want in someone else's behavior or words. Maybe they're making comments that you don't appreciate. Maybe um, your spouse, you know, touches or hugs you a certain way at a certain time that just doesn't feel good. Maybe, um, right, somebody uses a certain word in arguments. It's something that someone's doing that is intrusive in your space, emotional space or physical space. A need is something that you want, okay? It's not that the other person is doing anything to you. It's that most likely they're not doing something and you would want them to. Example, my spouse follows me from room to room when we're in the middle of an argument. Boundary. Especially if that's starting to feel unsafe and overwhelming and you feel trapped inside your own home, you need a boundary. This is an example of something that's a need and not a boundary. I really um, want you to speak to my parents when I call them once a week. I want you to come and say hello. That is a need and not a boundary because he or she is not doing anything that is intrusive to your space. You want something from them. Very different things, very different solutions. People confuse these all the time because they think that that's just a boundary for me. Like, you know, as somebody that I live with has to respect my parents. And so that means talking to them and just saying hello once a week. That is a boundary. That's not a boundary. Okay. When you confuse the two, you apply the wrong solutions, the wrong things. And then you go round and round and round arguing. Okay. So. Let me move on to number three. If they really love me, they would agree with or honor my boundary once I tell them. Why is this a myth? Because the other person has a completely separate nervous system. They're separate from you. They have their own nervous system, own brain, own past, own triggers. They have their own worries and anxieties. They have their own limitations. They have their own plans and opinions and things that fill their working memory at any one minute moment. They are a completely different organism than you, which means that since this boundary of yours is not a boundary for them, it will never be top of mind for them. Not because they don't care, not because they're, you know, intentionally trying to hurt your feelings, but because they are a completely different organism. Just like 
you're not waking up every morning and consumed with, oh, what is the other person worried about? What do they need? What are they uh, thinking? What are they upset about? What past things did they get triggered or remember because of a dream or something that they saw? you know, in the bathroom this morning, triggered them about something in the past. You're not thinking about all that. You're thinking about your own stuff. This myth of once I tell them what a boundary is, they should follow it, will set you up for disaster. I've seen people, and I've done this myself, where we'll tell somebody a boundary, and then afterward, we'll constantly test them to see if they are going to follow it or not. It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because I've never seen a situation where you test someone and you're like, wow, they passed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Never, ever. Because you will find that time that they fuck up. Because they will. Because they're a different organism than you. Okay. So the antidote to the number three is you have the boundary. It's on you to honor that boundary. It's your boundary. We don't inform someone of a boundary and then expect them to honor it. It's not their job. They've got their own shit going on. It's your boundary. You get to honor it because you're doing it for you and for the relationship. Remember, if you're doing the line right, it's actually improving the relationship. So you're doing it for you and for the relationship. You're not doing it against them or to teach them a lesson or to show them what will happen if they do X, Y, and Z. It is nothing to do with the other person. It is for you and for the relationship to feel better for you. So since it's for you, you get to uphold it. Final myth. When I tell the person this boundary, they should not get angry or defensive. But I said it so gently, they will still get angry. Most likely they'll get defensive, especially if it's the first or second or third time that this is even being discussed. If all this time, you guys, as a dyad, had a certain understanding and way of doing things. When you change, it induces anxiety in the other person. They don't know what's happening. They're like, ah, what is this new thing? Why are you doing this? They'll start feeling abandoned and rejected. And they'll act out because they're human. Because they don't know if this is your pre-step to leaving them <laughs> or something. You're dealing with a human being. Human beings have what kind of reactions? Human reactions, okay. They're going to question it, push back, roll their eyes, argue maybe, or just you know get very silent and say whatever, do whatever you want. I mean, clearly you don't care. They're going to have all of these reactions unless you're already pretty good at boundaries. And in the relationship, there is already a dialogue about relationships, about boundaries. I mean, Kristen and I have pretty good 
discussion of boundaries. And even then, when there's a new boundary by either of us, there is a little bit of a reaction because we're human and anxieties come up. So the antidote to this is to actually expect that the other person will have some sort of reaction and you are informing, you're not convincing. You're not like, but no, honey, don't be mad. Look, the reason I'm doing that is, no, it's not because I don't care about your mom. Don't, don't say that. Like I got her so much wonderful stuff for Mother's Day. You're not trying to convince anyone. All you need to do is allow them to have their reaction and keep telling them, honey, I promise, I actually want to have a good relationship with your mom and that's why. I want to have her in my life and that's why. And allow them to process and pout and see that you mean that. Right, so one of the things that I want you guys to do, oh, an example in the case of mother-in-law dropping in, certainly. So it depends on your unique situation, right? But let's, I'm just gonna make this up. Having talked to many people. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll give you an example from my own life since I can really tell you more about it. My father-in-law is, somebody that is a very gentle, sort of a gentle giant kind of guy, really, really sweet, kind, caring, nice guy. And yet, he will, in the beginning, used to make kind of sexually inappropriate comments during gatherings, okay? So every time this would come up, I would just say, dad, that's not cool. And we would redirect. Okay. What happened a few years ago, this was about four years ago, a couple of my friends who were single at the time, and just recently both of them are now married, but they were single at the time. They were both living in Boston, very close friends of mine. They come over to visit us in Connecticut. And my in-laws are also visiting at the same time. We're all sitting together having a drink, chatting. My friends are sitting on a couch, right? And my father-in-law goes and squeezes himself in between both of them and puts his arm around both of them and says, oh, I can't imagine why you two ladies are still single. You guys are so gorgeous. And I love this guy and want him to feel welcome in my home. I don't want to embarrass or shame him but I also want to protect my friends. Absolutely, mm -mm. no, no, right? I also see that my daughter is watching this. I mean, she was only one at the time, but still she's watching this, right? And my friends are squirming because they don't want to hurt his feelings and indirectly my feelings. So after a couple of minutes of like feeling like a deer in headlights, I just got up, took both his hands off, just took it off and said, dad, look at me, you need to get up. He said, why, why, why? And I said, you need to get up. Are you hearing me? You need to get up. And he kept, he still kept trying to joke. And I said, dad, I don't want to say something that would hurt your feelings. 
I need you to go. And then he did. Okay. But the reason, so a couple of things I wanna point out here. One, I was very clear on my values. There was no ifs and buts, oh, he's from a different generation. Yeah, all of that is true. And that boundary is a boundary, it's a value system for me, right? Second, I had already been setting that boundary with him. This was not like I would, you know, go along with his inappropriate jokes prior and suddenly be doing this. He, we, he and I have a history where I would call him out. Okay. Number three, when I set the boundary, there was no um, ambiguity. I wasn't like trying to lecture him. Dad, do you think that's an appropriate place to sit? No, no lecturing. This is my home. This is not what we do. Up. Okay. What? If this had happened even 10 years ago, I would have yelled. I probably would have yelled. It would have inflamed the entire situation, it would have made everybody uncomfortable. I would have probably lost that relationship and everyone would have felt really on edge. And my father-in-law would have learned nothing from it. Yes, at 18, yes, she can, please invite her. Um, so your boundaries, notice here, I know what my value system is. I've spoken up against even the smaller infractions. I'm not like, ah, oh, no, I'll wait for something bigger. I'll wait for something bigger until there's a bomb blast and then I'm cleaning up the shit and mess, right? Smaller infractions also count because even when you're making comments, my daughter is watching, I'm going to say, uh-uh. And number three, I was very clear that I was doing it for me and for my relationship with my father-in-law. I actually want that relationship to continue. And if I don't say anything, I will absolutely hate the guts of this man and it will, it will just, tumble because I didn't have the courage to say something, right? And I'm sure there will be many other opportunities where he will uh, unintentionally cross a boundary or I might in their home, they have different rules and different values and different boundaries. I'm sure somewhere I'll cross it along the way. And I hope he points it out, I'm willing to hear it. I hope that was helpful. Any relationship, you can set a boundary if you know how to do it. And there's a process by which I came across this and I'll share that uh, part of that process with you guys tomorrow. But I want you to take away that these four myths are the obstacle that will come up when you try to set the boundary. Number one, you'll think, ah, oh, it's not that bad. If I set it now, then maybe they'll get mad and I'll lose the relationship. I'll just wait, I'll just wait. You think it's a last resort thing. I'm telling you, you will lose the relationship or it will end up in a bad spot if you keep allowing things to happen. 
because you think you're doing it out of love, but we're setting up the relationship to fail. Number two, it's not just for other people. We have to be owning our head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Number three, even if they really care about you, it's not their responsibility to uphold your boundaries. It's for you, so it's your responsibility. Number four, even in the best of situations, people will get anxious, defensive, testy, because they, they don't know what's happening. It's things are shifting. Change is hard. Even good change is hard for most of us. So expect that. Keep telling them that it is for your relationship with them or for your relationship with so-and-so. It is to keep that, to make that better. But don't convince them. Let them have their human reaction. Okay? So I want you to drop in the comments. This is your home play, and it will also be in the home play post for today. But drop in the comments, which of these myths get in your way? Which of these Again, does not matter though, because what this tells you is that you may not be a good match for this person. But there's no point in getting mad or trying to convince somebody else that their boundary shouldn't exist. Right? That's a useless, um, and I hate to say it, but it's important to notice that forcing someone to be a certain way is a form of violence. Because what I'm saying is I'm so scared to be by myself that I'm going to attach myself to you but force you to be like me. And I know how that feels. Like I know how disorganized attachment feels. I come from a disorganized attachment paradigm myself. I know how anxiety provoking it is to think of intentionally separating consciously from somebody. I don't even know if that's the right situation for you. I don't know. I'm just saying that sometimes we cling on to somebody, but then we try to force them to be something that they're not. Yes, exactly. I've already lost the game, Robin. You got it. Yes, if they love me, they would honor my boundaries. I mean, uh, right? We only set boundaries after experiencing something bad, right? Totally. We don't, the other person shouldn't get upset. We've worked through all of it, all the emotions and everything. But then once we blurt it out, we're like, you don't have any time to work through any emotions. You just have to be okay with it, <laughs> right? Doesn't make sense, right? They heard it for the first time. It's new for them. They're going to go through their emotional roller coaster around it. Yes. Yes, Amy, bang on. Yes. 
if you, our boundaries are loosey-goosey, how is supposed to, somebody else supposed to know where, what to trust or lean on or respect? Exactly. So guys, when you think about which of these four boundary myths you've been carrying around, which perpetuates the trying and then failing and then getting mad and trying and failing, getting mad cycle. Think about what the antidote is to each one as well. Remember we talked about the antidote as well. The four myths, if you're asking me to repeat those are one, boundaries are only done as a reaction to someone's consistent violation of my boundaries only after it's got, gotten really, really bad or as a last resort. Number two, they're only for other people. So if they violate mine, then it gives me license to say and do anything. No, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, my ownership. Number three, if they really love me, they would honor my boundaries. No, it's for me and for my experience of this relationship. So it's on me to uphold. Number four, they should not be angry or defensive. No, they are human. They're going to be anxious. They're going to have their reactions. And number one, um, the antidote to reaction last resort. No, we will absolutely lose or damage the relationship that way. If you want to maintain or improve a relationship, you actually want to have boundaries early and at the line where you can treat both sides with dignity and respect. Beautiful, beautiful. Awesome. All right. Bye, everybody. If this podcast means something to you, it would mean so much to me if you'd be willing to take 30 seconds to do one or all of these three things. First, can you follow or subscribe to Emotional Mastery? Following the podcast helps you because you'll never miss an episode and it helps us because you'll never miss an episode. So to do this, just go to the Emotional Mastery show page on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tap on the plus sign on the top right corner or click on the button that says follow. This is the most important thing for the podcast to reach more people. And while you're there, if you'd be willing to give us a five-star rating and a review, and share an episode you love with a friend, I'd be so grateful. We appreciate you very, very much. Thank you.